Welcome to the ninth episode of the Creative Wanderer podcast, your weekly jaunt into creative inspiration. We are Amelia and Joe. Hello, Amelia. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in this week. Today, we'll be talking about week eight of The Artist's Way, recovering a sense of strength. We'll be looking at our relationship with time, how we use the lack of it and the I'm too old, too young, too whatever narrative as a justification for not taking creative risks. We'll be examining creative losses stemming from our childhood. It's a rich week full of wisdom. Julia shares a number of personal stories of resilience and self-empowerment. She does indeed. If you would like an extra member of your sacred circle, we are very happy to be able to offer you our support in a number of ways. You can email us to let us know what you're enjoying or indeed what you're struggling with at creative underscore wanderer at yahoo.com. Please follow us on Instagram at creative wanderer. All you have to do is replace part of creative with the number eight and the beginning of wanderer with the number one. Share any pictures, quotes you've been inspired by or affirmations which resonate with you. We are very pleased to announce that we have a new shout-out this week. Oh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Natasha Ann Kelleher contacted us and said this about the Creative Wanderer podcast and Instagram account. I love to see the evocative posts on the Creative Wanderer Instagram, as the paintings are vibrant, full of colours and textures. I like to sit and discover the hidden images within each painting. The quotes from the artist way are so inspiring that I always write a quote in response to it as it gives my perspective on the guidance and cultural signposts to follow or agree or disagree with. I am sure every individual who reads the quotes will have a different interpretation of them. They make me think laterally and galvanize me to write regularly. The podcasts are a plethora of helpful advice, anecdotes and provide a sense of community to creatives and makes them feel connected to a like-minded supportive community. Amelia and Joe are an absolute delight in their weekly podcast. It is just so inspirational to listen to their friendly advice and banter and crucially to receive supportive motivation and sustenance through their cultural elixir to rejuvenate our creative juices. Well, thank you so much for your kind words, Natasha. We love your engagement with our posts on Instagram and your deeply insightful comments. We do. And I'm sure Joe is also very grateful for your appreciation of her art. She does paint beautifully layered paintings indeed. Yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That is so kind. I love painting. So it's fabulous when people have such a wonderful response to them. Well, Natasha is actually an actress and a poet. Mm. Her poetry serves as a conduit to project her perceptions of and passions in life. She started writing poetry around the age of 19 and has written ever since. Natasha's next goal is to write a novel or a screenplay or a play. Ooh, good. Yeah. Go for it, Natasha. Natasha recently wrote a poem for Imagine Project, which was commissioned by Culture Mile in London in association with the Barbican Centre. Natasha's poem, entitled Womanhood, has been commissioned and published on the Barbican Life magazine website, and Natasha will be having further poems published on their website at Barbican Life. Brilliant. If you feel like you could do with some poetry in your life, Natasha has a fantastic YouTube poetry channel called Verbosio Words, Words, Words. And if you would like to know more about Natasha, we'll be posting all of her social media links on our Medium blog page. Thank you so much, Natasha. We really appreciate all your uh, wonderful feedback. And if you would like a shout out on the podcast, all you have to do is contact us by email at creative underscore wanderer at yahoo.com or pop a little message to us on Instagram. We're always very happy to hear from our listeners. 
We are indeed. So we're at that point again, Amelia, where we like to ask the same question we ask every week. How did you find this week, this week of strength? Yes, it was an incredibly inspirational week for me. It was full of gold nuggets and practical tools, which helped me deal with my own creative setbacks. Mm. I reveled in all the stories that Julia shared from her personal life and experience as a teacher. And it was very soothing to reaffirm that art and creativity is all about constructing and doing day by day and one small step at a time. Now, acknowledging that the creative process is timeless and that we should not use time to pigeonhole our life into artificial time constructs, which are directed by society, was also very liberating for me, Mm. very healing. I was like, right, I can do things on my own timeline. And the tasks were absolutely dreamy this week, weren't they, Joe? They really were. I love the tasks this week. Writing my ideal day was wonderful and really gave me the opportunity to let my imagination spark and run riot in a why not and what if fashion. I could totally visualise my life in its abundance. And it felt real. I mean, why shouldn't it, right? I also really enjoyed writing a short piece as if I was the colour green. Mm. It's my favourite colour and that was a lot of fun. It was verdant and lush and (laughs) oh gorgeous. The tasks really gave us a fantastic opportunity to recover our creative losses. Yeah by turning them into dreams like ideal days. It was just great wasn't it? Yes. This artistic, this creative loss that we inevitably experience in our careers as artists and creatives is very much linked to survival. Yeah absolutely. Coming to terms that we will have to face losses throughout our creative process. It's quite daunting, isn't it, really, knowing that we're going to have to face those things? Well, it's a tough universe we live in. It certainly is. Living life on this planet is not a smooth road, right? Yeah. And it will be booby-trapped with many a uh, monster. Indeed. But Julia says that losses are the hazards of the road. Yes. As well as its signposts. I heard a wonderful nugget of wisdom. This woman was talking about pain. And she said, pain is information. Ooh. It's communicating to us what's going on, what do we need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And it is a signpost to where we need to go next. Yeah, for sure. I mean, understanding that these losses can be turned into gains, negatives into positives, into strengths. It's so important, isn't it? It is. And we cannot remind ourselves enough of that fact. Because when we deal with our creative losses, and they are unpleasant, We tend to brush them under the carpet, don't we? Yeah. Oh, let's put on a brave face. Mm -hmm. Let's grow a thick skin. Well, as artists, we always have to be so available to our emotions to connect to our creative well. We really cannot have that approach. No. You know, as tough old boots, (laughs) just take it on the chin and roll with the punches. Yes, to a certain degree, but when it comes to our artistic process, it will block us. Yeah. It's only human to be embarrassed of our creative losses. And then we do not speak about them. We do not speak to them. We do not connect to those underlying emotions to get the information from them. 
And they very often become buried and secret. Yeah. We never talk about them. We don't indeed. Remember that our artist is a child. Mm. It's a little creature that we have to nurture and sort of protect and look after. But part of growing is you have to face those things head on Mm. in order to navigate your way through them. That's interesting because remember in childhood we are so much more emotional Mm. and we process life through emotions. Yeah. And then we, we cross over into adulthood and we become very intellectual in our approach and we start to intellectualize our creative process our losses our gains instead of actually really feeling into the emotions and seeing what lies underneath them and they come in many guises these losses don't they Mm. you know your work not being received positively or I've done a painting and I put it out there in the world and someone goes oh and it doesn't matter if other people have loved it that one person can make you feel like you've lost something which is ridiculous Ridiculous, isn't it? Yes. When we've created something artistically, creatively, and we present it to the world as a gift, Mm -hmm. because it is a really deep part of us. Yeah. And then you're met with criticism, indifference, anger, ignorance, denial. Yeah. And perhaps you've worked on your piece of art for a long time and you expect the best and nothing happens. And it's just gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching. Yeah. It didn't happen and that's okay. And this is what we are coming to terms with. Yeah. Is that it's not going to be a smooth road. There are going to be periods of feast. There are going to be periods of famine yep. in any artistic life. So it's just getting used to the fact that the waters are going to get choppy. And I guess this section this week is teaching us how to sail those choppy waters successfully. It certainly is. I like what Julia says about the um, unacknowledged artistic losses, that they become artistic scar tissue. Yeah. And that that scar tissue blocks our artistic growth. It literally becomes thick skin. Mm-hmm. It I does, doesn't about it? Earlier, yeah, for sure. You know, Amelia, criticism is also a form of artistic loss. Of course, it is. You yes, know? especially when we place trust in teachers, mentors, people that we see as an authority figure mm. when it comes to our artistic process or this talent that we have, and then they don't give you the proper support with it. This is a sacred trust relationship you have with that person. And when it's violated by harsh and misplaced criticism, it, it just makes you feel completely bereft. Mm. It's a, an authority figure who is rather unscrupulous with their criticism. Yes, especially when you you're just starting as an artist and you don't necessarily have to be young you can start a new art form at any stage in your life Mm -hmm. but you are going through those baby steps you are going through the growth phase which does require a lot of nurturing absolutely and then to have this imaginary yardstick of comparison to the great masters is horrific and we do have such an intimate relationship with our mentors because we literally bear our soul mm-hmm. wide open to them. And then if the criticism does not hit the mark, i.e. it's just negative, rather than builds the person up. Yeah, because it's often voiced in such a personal nature. Yeah. It makes you feel shamed. Mm. And that is awful because you then feel foolish and trying to continue with what you know is your dream. You'll never be as great as the person that's at the pinnacle of success. Well, how do you know? I'm just starting. And also, I might be exploring a completely new approach in that art or that creative field. Mm -hmm. I might be experimenting and testing my ideas. So there isn't a measurement scale already in place to measure that artistic expression. 
Well, every single artistic expression is unique. So you mm. cannot possibly be compared to anybody else because nobody else is you and you are nobody else. Exactly. I feel that we are slowly learning how to take our art our creative field, our power back, isn't yes. it? Now the pen is dropped for me during this <laughs> podcast as well. It is about yeah. taking that power, not placing the power of our art or our artistic expression into other people's hands. Yeah. Yes, other people are very often the source of our uh, predicament. However, mm-hmm. as we always know, I know what you're going to say. The buck stops with us. It sure does. <laughs> and our own responsibility. So, our creative losses also include the self-inflicted injuries. Yep. We are our harshest critic, aren't we, we Joe? We really are. And especially when we reject the gifts that synchronicity is literally handing to us when we're giving them back. No, thank you. I'd rather not. Or we are afraid to take that creative risk because the opportunity that's been given to us is just too daunting. Mm, yes. So we self-sabotage ourselves as well. Yeah, we already feel the loss mm-hmm. before we've even given it a go. Exactly. It's a catch-22 a bit, it's isn't it? Ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> we are so, ridiculous. And we're only human. Sometimes our own fears and low self-esteem yeah. will... Smack make... you in the face. <laughs> so, Joe, we talked about the fact that quite a lot of our creative losses can stem from our education, from our teachers, mentors, trainers, coaches. Yeah, because we go back to academia and how people who teach often are blocked artists because they are too afraid to actually do the work and deep dive into their creative Mm. process and so they teach it rather than doing it very true i found this section the ivory power very healing julia speaks to us from her first-hand experience as a teacher in the groves Mm. of academia i love that term though me too i found myself in my life having natural skills that i've not necessarily studied likewise you know and Mm. they would just come naturally pour out of me i would actually self-invalidate myself for them thinking oh maybe i should have studied that and this just reading this section gave me such a sense of relief I was like, oh my goodness, so you mean I don't really need that if it's already within me and I can just sit down and do the work? That's all that's needed? Yes, I've had recently with discovering my painting abilities, Mm. people have said, oh, I mean, it's not like you've been classically trained, you've not studied art, you've not done fine art. And I'm kind of thinking, well, who cares? Exactly. And I spoke to a wonderful artist called Bill Zymer. He's incredible. And I went to him for advice and I said to him, does it make a huge difference? if you're going to an agent or you're going to a gallery and they want to know about you and you say well I haven't actually been trained I'm self-taught he said absolutely not of course it doesn't because art is subjective and your art is your art so it doesn't matter that you haven't been trained or you haven't studied it who cares exactly there is such thing as natural talent it does not need to be dissected it does not need to be improved or added to it is just what it is because it's the artist the creative that is the person that's adding to it and improving it and we do not need the external viewpoint of the academia to add or or take anything away from it if you want to go and study 
the art form. Do it. Julia speaks to the fact that in order to be a creative and an artist, you just have to have that resilience Mm -hmm. within you. Because artists need to expose themselves to the rigours and disappointments of creating. Yeah. It's interesting when you look at the differences between academia and creativity. Mm. Academia takes something apart and dissects it. Yes. Whereas creativity is all about assembling it, literally creating it. And then academia scrutinises it. Oh, I wonder what they were thinking when they painted that particular thing or uh, such and such must have meant this when they wrote those words but creatives appreciate the thing they're looking at or listening to yes academics are often should have done could have done might have done but as a creative you work with it as it is you're in the now aren't you yeah you are doing the work you do not necessarily intellectualize through it no julia says this for an artist to become overly cerebral is to become crippled this is not to say that artists lack rigor rather that artistic rigor is grounded differently than intellectual life usually admits absolutely they're two different beasts they are aren't they (laughs) there is one thing that academia does very successfully in a bit of a negative way is that their approach towards artists and creatives is quite undermining but in a very subtle way it chips away at your willingness to create And after a while, it numbs you out. Mm -hmm. Because slowly through the academic process of that constant deconstructing, scrutiny, oh, you should have done that way. No, that way was better. Why didn't you approach this this way? This technique would have been much better. Honest to goodness, you will lose your will to live, let alone (laughs) create. I'm afraid so, yes. So I guess what the academia needs to be reminded of is that in their nurturing approach, they should be much more encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's the fact that academia deals in theories. Yeah. It's work. Just fantastic work. <laughs> <laughs> it's play. Play yeah. away and see what happens every day. I love it. What academia does sometimes does let's not it isn't every single no, person who does this not. but when it happens mm-hmm. it is awful when you're shamed mm-hmm. by the academics it pushes the artist into the safety of their comfort zone so they never really step out of that unless of course they do the artist way uh-huh. and then we cover all of that they end up then going into steady well-paid jobs and they're not challenging themselves as creatives and they forget about doing the more groundbreaking and risky work. Hey, listen, we've all been there. Some of us are still there mm. doing this safe pay the bills job. Yes, I guess as artists and creatives, we have to stop being approval hungry. Mm. And if we start training ourselves to step away from giving our power away to so many authoritative figures, they're there and they fulfill a certain role in our society, but we should not make their word the gospel. Yeah. We shouldn't think that that they're the alpha and the omega and the be all and the end all of our creative expression they're not because they're not us they're not doing what we are doing and they never can because when real talent has been put down over and over again it's that Ouroboros isn't it that if you've been shamed then you don't do the work but you want to be involved in that Mm. sphere that you then end up sort of living your life vicariously through the students that then come through you so a lot of that talent as you rightly mentioned gets pushed into safety zone you've got a writer that's incredibly talented but ends up as a editor or a literary agent or a very talented actor that becomes a casting director because that's the nearest they can get to their dream yeah 
The term that Julia uses is they get stuck within shouting distance of their dreams. That's horrible. Yes. Isn't it? And Julia does mention one thing a couple of times in the book. She says that audacity, not talent, very often confers fame on an artist. Yeah. So, well, that speaks to the society that we live in right now, right? I know. And isn't that that expression that the squeaky wheel gets the oil? Oh, I've not heard that. Have you that heard makes that? such sense. Exactly. You do close some nuggets every week. Where I'm like, I've not heard of that before. I'm like, oh, have you not? Well, it's a well-known phrase. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Do you know what? It's very true. I would say quite a lot of artists are introverts. Yeah. They're not extroverts. They don't go out there and dazzle everyone. But they harbour this incredible artistic sensitivity. And unfortunately, if they do get shot down early in their careers or early in their artistic development, they then feel ashamed. Yeah, absolutely. I think academia is nothing wrong with it, but we've got to challenge it as artists. Yes. If we hear an academic giving us a scathing review of our work, challenge them ask them questions in such a way to see if they actually have any productive advice for you if they don't well goodbye and good riddance (laughs) absolutely i'm pleased you said that because i might have said something slightly stronger well there we go (laughs) we are trying to keep this podcast pg squeaky clean (laughs) jelly bean (laughs) you know this is where the time equation enters So that time of unhealed and festering wounds has left us weaker as artists and creatives. But now, in order to heal, we also have to invest time to slowly, step by step, recover back that strength that we've lost. It's a bit of a loopy cycle, isn't it? It is indeed a loopy cycle. And Julia gives us some excellent advice in the book. She says this, Like the career of any athlete, an artist's life will have its injuries. These go with the game. The trick is to survive them, to learn how to let yourself heal. Just as a player who ignores a sore muscle may tear it further, an artist who buries his pain over losses will ultimately cripple themselves into silence. Give yourself the dignity of admitting your artistic wounds. That is the first step in healing them. Great advice. The more I travel through the weeks of the artist way, the more I realise that there are no positive or negative bad good feelings. They're just feelings. They're just feelings. You might say, well, how do I heal those losses? Give me some tools. (laughs) I think we've got some because every loss must always be viewed as a potential gain. Absolutely. Every end is a beginning. There is a silver lining. Oh, I love a silver lining. Let, let's go mining. The silver for lining. For the silver. Hi <laughs> <laughs> ho, hi ho. It's off to silver line the mine we go. I don't know. Mine the silver line. <laughs> uh, it's great. I think you're absolutely right. I love that idea. It's nice when we start reframing and rephrasing our losses and we realise that every end is indeed a beginning. Mm-hmm. The difficulty that we come across is that when we are mourning a loss, we are stuck in grief and Mm -hmm. we find it difficult, almost impossible to feel a sense of hope and to feel that sense of a new beginning. And we tend to project the present pain into our expectations of what the future will bring. Yeah. The definition actually of grief, Mm. intense sorrow, is also how you feel when you lose something that you've created. Because we need to ask questions, don't we? How can this loss? 
tasks serve me? Where does it point my work? Mm -hmm. Julia says, you know, how do you act on it and what do you do with that information? I love the fact that she also says we always look for open doors. Yes. As my mum always says, even if you see a closed door in front of you, knock on it. Yeah. Because if you knock on it, it's highly likely somebody on the other side will open it. And if it doesn't... Move on to the next door. Make your own. Yes. We mustn't forget that the universe, the life force, very often blocks a door for us because it's not right. And it's protecting us. Yeah. And there's a bigger, better door further along. Exactly. And that's a hard one. Yeah. And that circles back to trust, artistic, creative trust. Yeah. At any time in our lives and throughout our artistic process, we are doing the best we can. We, We are indeed. Julia also says that the key to career resiliency is self empowerment and choice. Yes. So we did a bit of digging mm-hmm. and we spent some time on understanding what self-empowerment is. Oh, and it is fabulous. It's about taking control of your own life mm. and making positive decisions based on what you want. Personal empowerment means giving yourself permission to succeed, but it does not mean going it alone. Hurrah! <laughs> Self-empowerment is deriving the strength to do something through one's own thoughts and based on the belief that one knows what is best for oneself. And in its simplest form, self-empowerment Empowerment means taking charge of our own life through decisions we make every day. It means not giving away our power by allowing others or circumstances to make decisions for us. Yes. Another recovery tool and another way of uh, dealing with our losses is to never stop creating. Absolutely. Even in that moment of difficulty, we always look to what the next creative action is that we can take. Julia constantly keeps reminding us that art is all about doing. She also says it is harder to hit a moving target. Absolutely. It's important as well, isn't it, Amelia? If you're going to create action, Mm. do it quickly. Exactly. Yeah. Be swift about it. And keep on moving. So we are rather crafty when it comes to giving our power away. We're sneaky. We've come up with many ways to do that. And one of them is using time as a justification for not taking creative risks or trying out new things. Absolutely. Um, Julia says this. It's great. She starts the age and time product and process section. Do you know how old I'll be by the time I learn to play the piano? The same age you'll be if you don't, is the response. And that's so true. Time is a huge creative block. It's also a lie. Yeah, it's an illusion. Oh, I'm too old to do that. Or are you a bit past it for doing that? It's an evasion tactic. It is, for and sure. It's, and it's another disguise fear wears. It and is. it's the fear of appearing silly for a, yeah. trying to attempt something at a later stage in your life. You'll be criticised, embarrassed. But the culture, though, that we live in glorifies youth and disparages old age. Well, I guess in our youth, we are uh, given permission to be a bit silly and a lot of our botched attempts in our youth are forgiven. Oh, she's young. Yeah. Yeah, she'll learn. Yeah, she'll learn. And then when we reach our maturity and we try to attempt the same thing, it's frowned upon. Why are you doing this? You look like a dotty old bat. Exactly. Yeah. So... 
as creatives and artists, clearly that does not serve us because our art can take us whichever direction at any time in our life. Yeah. And we've got to expand into new territories. Definitely. So we've got to park that ego. Park it in the ego park. In the ego park (laughs) and just do it step by step and you'll get there. Yeah. Well, that coin has another side. Yeah, absolutely it does. And that is putting something off until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. My mum uses the great term and she uses it a lot. Don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Very wise words. It is a delay tactic because what you're doing is you don't want to do it. It's procrastination. It's a form of mm-hmm. procrastination. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it when I've retired. Why would you put something off until you've retired? Yes. You might drop down dead. My favourite. Well, not really favourite, but the one that you hear a lot. Oh, I'll do it when I have the money for it. Oh, man. It's so convenient. The society has become so complacent with it and loves it because we're all complicit in the same crime. Complicit in complacency. It's very true. So what do we do? Well, creativity occurs in the moment. And in the moment, we are timeless. Ah, We are timeless within the act of creativity. Absolutely. Another way we trip ourselves up, though, Mm. is by focusing on the length of the process rather than the journey that we take. Oh, rather than what we're making. Yeah, absolutely. We don't want to focus your attention on the very end product. You want to enjoy the process. Yes. You know, Amelia, when we focus on having something tangible to show others for the time that we've spent creating... We deny our curiosity and every time this happens, we block ourselves creatively. Yes, it's true. There is this toxic finished product thinking. Yeah. Because we are living in a consumer oriented society. Time is money and I want it now. And you're yesterday's news if I don't get what I want. Mm -hmm. This attitude goes against the creative process, which often takes its time outside the product-driven deadlines. And very often our artwork wants to expand into uncharted territories where we dream, explore for a while. And this clashes with the societal demands to see our product now. Do you have a quote you'd like to read, Amelia? There is. There is a quote I'd like to read because it speaks to the fact that an artistic and creative process is not linear. No. And the way we perceive time, at least I perceive time, is not in a linear way either. For me, time is spiral. And I definitely have my own time structure that's outside what the society dictates. This is a lovely quote by Francis Wicks. To the rationally minded, the mental process of the intuitive appears to work backwards. Love that. Me too. Instead of using age as a block, or indeed anything as a block, we just need to do, you know, as well as acquire a spirit of being a novice. Mm -hmm. And not allowing our ego to shut us down. In fact, Julia's lovely pearl of wisdom is this. The grace to be a beginner is always the best prayer for an artist. The beginner's humility and openness lead to exploration. Exploration leads to accomplishment. All of it begins at the beginning with the first small and scary step. (laughs) (laughs) It is small and it is scary. But once we do it, we feel so much better, don't we? We absolutely do. Very proud of ourselves. Yes. And that expands into uh, courage. And a feeling of strength. Exactly. (laughs) Now, Joe, this week inspired you to look into the definition of product. 
It did. And it means a thing or a person that is the result of an action or process. And it comes from Latin, which means bring forth mm. or something produced. Ah. Yeah. So that's a product. That's a product. And then a process uh-huh. is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. Right. And it comes from Latin meaning progression or course. Right. Yeah. So I still wasn't happy myself. Oh, you. There must be better, more artistic, more imaginative ways of calling a product a product. Let's go for it. What did you find? Artifact. Commodity. Manufactured item, article or thing. Creation. Invention. Goods. Wares. Merchandise. Produce. Solutions. Hmm. Yes. Or a result, consequence, outcome, effect, upshot, fruit, byproduct, spin-off, legacy or issue. They're great. They're amazing. They're lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank you, Joe, for actually looking deeper into the definition of a product and process. Good, good fun. Because it made me think, how many of us have actually worked backwards from that fruit of our labour? Yeah. And worked out what is that series of actions or steps that we take in order to achieve the particular end we're after Mm -hmm. as artists? How many of us have actually mapped out that creative process? So that leads us rather nicely into taking time to slow down and take that wandering pause to reflect. And I know Amelia has that bell ready to ring. I certainly do. Ah, how delightful. So this week, we'd like to ask you, have you ever thought about what your product actually is? What are the fruits of your labour? Yes. Have you ever broken your artistic process down in order to see what steps you need to take to achieve your artistic end? It's as simple as that. Sit down and really give it a thought. You might be surprised by what you'll discover and find. Eye-opening. Exactly. (laughs) And now... We are moving into some really good practical tools on how to keep creativity going on a daily basis. Yeah, it's called filling the form. Yay! (laughs) Artistic productivity. Yay! We like it. This is where we make time work for us. Yes, indeed. This is the daily work your art form requires you to do in order to produce a result practicing the scales, doing your bar class every day as a dancer. Exactly. Working on your vocal exercises and articulation, doing regular script work. We are greasing the cogwheels. Like good old clocks. Yes, absolutely. It's very important to break down our daily activities into small increments because large changes occur in tiny steps. And Julia says that most of the time, the next right thing is something small. Yeah, she does. I'm going to do anything massive. No, you don't have to go out there and paint the second Mona Lisa. (laughs) Step by step, doing the drudgery of our artistic life, which most of the time, it's not glamorous. No, it's not. But it's one daily action. Exactly. The form. There's often unfounded fear that our creativity will disrupt our lives because it appears like a huge commitment. Mm-hmm. And what this does is sets defeat in motion. Creatives are dramatic and we use grandiose scenarios in order to scare ourselves out of our creativity. This stops us from practicing our art. 
So you mean you're not going to be moving to Paris to practice oh, your art, Joe? No, I'm not. Divorce your husband? No, not today. Leave all your family behind? Yes, leave my cat. No! Oh, well, we catastrophize as yes. artists. Because when an artistic or a creative opportunity that's quite big presents, mm -hmm. we think, my goodness, it's going to uproot me. It's going to completely change my life. And that's why this activity of filling out the form every day is a tool that helps us avoid that yes and if life does throw an amazing opportunity at us there is already a structure in place that will help us cope with it better and make it look like an adventure rather than a catastrophe absolutely so what's important to remember is that there are no steps in our creative process that are too small or lack value Definitely. Julia speaks to the concept of change grounded in respect for where we are as well as where we want to go. Mm. Now, we are going to be experiencing grief and rage sometimes yeah. when we realise that we've lost so much time because we've not taken the time or the care to uncover and heal our creative losses. And so you can add to your daily form a little bit of creative care and mm -hmm. activity that nurtures you in order to overcome those creative losses. That will help you heal. Absolutely. Well, the section I really loved yeah. was the affirmations section. Marvellous. Now, we have done a lot of soul searching and healing this week. Yeah. We have taken a look at all of our wounds caused by our artistic losses and now comes the time to recover our sense of strength as artists by affirming our right to create. Marvellous. I love it. It's great, isn't it? Julia gives us a selection of affirmations mm. and we can work through those throughout the week. Which ones did you find particularly useful? I loved giving myself the permission to affirm and proclaim loudly into the universe that I am a talented person. Oh, how lovely. Mm. Well, you are. Thank you. <laughs> what about you? Well, I wrote my own. Oh, did you? Yes. And the one that I really liked and I write it every day is that I am a creative force. Yes, you are. For I like sure. That. Yeah, I, I love, love that one. <laughs> The other one I really loved is My Creativity Blesses Others. Oh, that's delightful. My creativity is appreciated. It sure is. <laughs> Especially when you take us all towards the inspiration station with one of your beautifully expressed creative talents. Very kind. Oh my goodness me, Amelia. What do I see before my very eyes? What is it? We've seemed to have come upon the inspiration station. Toot toot! Yay! <laughs> so what have you got for us this week, Amelia? Well, I was really inspired by all the stories that Julia talks about in terms of her personal life and experience yeah. and the playwrights and the film directors that she's met and worked with. And, well, let's not forget, she's an extremely talented and prolific writer herself. Yes. And one of them is David Mamet. Mm. Now, David Mamet also played a huge role in my training as an actor. Right. I absolutely love his book called True and False. David Mamet is an American playwright. He's a film director, a screenwriter and an author. And he won a Pulitzer Prize and received Tony nominations for his plays Glengarry Glen Ross and Speed the Plough. Wow. In the book True and False, David Mamet gives some very matter-of-fact, no messing about, 
advice to actors and how they should approach schooling. So this is what he says. And this is from the chapter, A Generation That Would Like to Stay in School. You will encounter in your travels folks of your own age who choose the institutional path, who became the arts administrators rather than the actors, the casting agents rather than the writers. These folks choose to serve an institutional authority in exchange for a paycheck, and these folks are going to be with you for the rest of your life. And you actors and writers and people who come up off the street, who live without certainty day to day and year to year, are going to have to bear with being called children by these institutional types. You will, as Shakespeare tells us, endure the spurns that patient merit of the unworthy takes. It is not childish to live with uncertainty, to devote oneself to a craft rather than a career, to an idea rather than an institution. It is courageous and requires a courage of the order that the institutionally co-opted are ill-equipped to perceive. They are so unequipped to perceive it that they can only call it childish and so excuse their exploitation of you. Part of the requirement of a life in the theatre is to stay out of school. Wow. It's a hard-hitting one. It really is, but it's Mm. really good. Well, it speaks to the academia, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, Joe, what was your inspiration this week? My inspiration is from the Song of the Immaculate Path by the seventh Dalai Lama, who was Kelzhang Kaiatso. And he was a great scholar and he wrote many books, especially on the Tantra. And he was also a great poet who dwelt on spiritual themes. His simple and unblemished life won him the hearts of all Tibetan. Mm. And this is the piece I liked. An image reflected in a mirror, a rainbow in the sky, a painted scene make their impressions upon the mind, but in essence they are other than what they seem. Look deeply at the world and see an illusion, a magician's dream. I love it. A magician's dream. All of us are alchemists. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Joe. Yes, Amelia. Goodness me, we've come to the end of yet another podcast. It was wonderful. I loved today. Me too. It was a bit different because we went all philosophical and all analytical. We had a bit of a go at the academia, but with love. <laughs> and we did take the strength back, didn't we? And Definitely. the power of our own creativity always lies within us. Definitely. So what's coming up next week, Joe? Week nine of The Artist's Way, Amelia. Mm. Recovering a sense of compassion. We're now sailing at a fast clip towards the finishing line. Woohoo! Exactly. Still, there is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, creative blocks we need to examine. Fear. We will be looking at how our fear derails us into taking creative U-turns and sabotages our creative growth. We will also be talking about enthusiasm and equipping ourselves with the tools to help us blast through blocks. Wow. (laughs) So thank you for wandering with us and remember to always be on the lookout for the presence of wonder. See you next time. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.